Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. So, has he talked about the avian flu? Has he talked about that on any of his podcasts or any of his videos out there? I, you know, I think he's he's definitely mentioned it, but I think he's just kind of mentioned it with all other, you know, disease things that show up. Like if you keep your pets healthy or your pets, your livestock healthy, they aren't going to come down that every, every one of these diseases that comes up is again, due to poor management. The the animals are housed in crowded conditions and they're super stressed. And that's where these things take hold. So I don't think he doesn't get all worked up about individual diseases. And now he's never mentioned having to like slaughter chickens or, you know, maybe they've never come and tested his, I don't, I don't know how he's kind of works. I know like they've gone in and, and tested, they use PCR testing to test for avian flu and then slaughtered whole flocks of chickens. So somehow he's avoided that, but I think he just believes in, if you stick with good management that, you know, these things are not going to show up in your livestock. Yeah, well, if you look around in in the homeopathic world, right, in your world, and um, again, I'm referring back to this article I looked at from from Dr. Faulkner, and he said, and you would agree with this, that most disease is man-made. And this is what Joe's saying. Most disease is man-made. And uh, William Faulkner says, often in the name of prevention, right? So he was Mm -hmm. talking about, um, you know, a dog who stopped eating and was sick around the first of every month, right? First of every month. Hmm. And um, so then there was another dog that was itching uh, since puppy shots, right? Not a wet, not right away, but about a month later. And, um, and then there was a spay and a vaccination. And then this dog had horrible ear infections. And now uh, that dog, uh, they're saying the thyroid is no longer working, right? And so what are all of these, what do all these have in common? Well, they all have in common shots. They all mm-hmm. have in common antibiotics. They all have in common the first of every month flea and tick, right? All of those are man-made. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that that we just can't seem to get through people's heads because I do believe that the narrative has convinced everybody that there is an invisible boogeyman, an invisible boogeyman that's coming for you and coming for your pets just in the air. Now, I will say that I do believe that our air gets poisoned. I don't think Mm -hmm. that that's conspiracy theory at all. Um, And I think if you just do some digging, you will know that our soil gets poisoned, our water gets poisoned. Uh, things are in there that the body doesn't want. Mm-hmm. And, but, but are we as pet parents um, unknowingly t- 
taking our dogs in to be poisoned every month or every year? Are we doing that at home? Can we and do we have the courage to stop doing that and see if our dogs get better? And I'm not talking about stopping for a week, right? We've stopped for years. And um, I just, you know, I have this visual, Dr. Jasek, in my mind, it's like just going into, you know, the traditional vet office and just loading your dogs up with so many toxins that they come home and they're shivering or they have a fever or their poops aren't right or they're no longer, you know, able to rest. I, it, it just, it's a horrible visual, but that is what's happening every single day. Right. Right. And if we, I mean, and, and I still contend that if we, if we can change the things we can change, yes, there's environmental toxins. I mean, glyphosate's probably everywhere, especially this time of year, because everybody's out spraying weeds. I can't wait to get out of our subdivision because I see you know, people out there, but they're, you know, spray, spray bottles around up all the time because you can't have a, you know, little weed pop up in your driveway, heaven forbid. Um, but, but the, these toxins are everywhere. But if, if we do change the things we can change, we stop vaccinating, we feed better diets, we're not giving the flea and tick. Those are all things we can control, we can affect. And then our dogs and our, our pets are going to stand a much better chance of handling the environmental toxins. And then maybe we do some extra, some, some liver support, do some milk thistle or dandelion, help, help our pets' bodies detox every month. How, here, here's a, here's a thing. Instead of giving heartworm and flea and tick every month, let's do a monthly detox and then help them process the in, environmental toxins and they'll be healthier. And, you know, from, from what I hear, I'm going to, you know, have my own little experiment here when I moved to Tennessee, but you know, what I hear from people that keep their pets really healthy, the, the insects aren't as big of a problem for those, for those pets. The insects tend to prey on the animals that are, are more sickly and the, the more weakened individuals for animals with, you know, strong, robust health, you know, the insects don't, don't bother them as much. So I, I mean, I think if we just did that and focused on keeping our pets healthy and keeping them detoxed and helping their bodies detox, they'd be so much healthier. This, this whole idea of just vaccines are just a crutch. And I think it's a you know, not only do people not want to be afraid, but they want things easy. Like, well, I just run into the vet every year, get my shots, get these medicines. I can feed them then whatever I want. You know, it's like, well, what vitamin can I take and still eat at McDonald's? You know, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole package. And, you know, people think, oh, I just go in and get get these shots every year and do this heartworm stuff and this flea and tick stuff. And then, you know, my pets will be healthy. I don't even have to think about it. Well, you do have to think about it and you have to be aware of your pet and what's going in your pet's body and the, and the potential side effects. Yeah. I, and I get that question. People will send me um, or send our customer service on the chat and they'll say, what supplement can I add to my kibble to help my dog's gut? And I say, none. I mean, you, I could sell a buttload of those, but it's really not going to help, right? Well, you've got to take the kibble out. You've just got to take right. the, the offending thing out. And the same thing with all of these itchy dogs. 
um, you know, I see this a lot where pet parents are, and I feel for them, but they're switching the protein, switching the protein, switching the protein. And I want to say, you can switch the protein as much as you want. But if you if 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 we have damage uh because of things that we have allowed to go into the you know dog, i.e. vaccines, that sort of thing, puppy shots, you may never get on top of that. And if you continue, you certainly won't get on top of it. You will then be on Apoquil or Cytopoint. And maybe a vet out there, like someone we know, you and I know, uh, will um, suggest that they go on a vegan diet with just adding organs. You know, it just keeps spiraling down. And instead of really looking at what is the daggum cause, Mm -hmm. you know, what is the cause and stop doing it, you know? It'd be like, uh, okay, let's see. I keep having these car wrecks and I don't know why I'm having these car wrecks. But, you know, if you're getting drunk every time you get in the car, maybe you, you know, and you, you, you want somebody to help you fix your car so you can stop having a car wreck when in fact, it's just the fact that you're drunk all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. But it's hard to change people's paradigm. You know, this is what people believe it's, but what the veterinary profession believes and the medical profession believes that this is how you keep things healthy. And it, it's not if anybody just opens their eyes and see, I mean, I, I haven't done any research studies to show that, you know, vaccines make dogs sick. I've just been observing pets for, you know, over 30 years. And it, it, I see that. I mean, that's what I see. They get sick. You know, when I see enough pets, you know, show up with symptoms, you know, within six months of having a round of vaccines, well, that's that's enough evidence for me. And I don't mean just once or twice. I mean, I see it all the time. I mean, I don't need a research study to tell me that that we need to be, you know, reevaluating what we're doing. And then and then the pets that, you know, get off to a better start and and are not getting all these vaccines, I'm not I'm not seeing them back as cancer patients. It's the ones that had all these vaccines, especially when they're young and they were, you know, not started off on good nutrition. They just don't get a good foundation. And I think that literally can affect them the rest of their life. Getting, getting pets off to a good start is just so important. Do you think that, because I heard this recently, a vet was saying that they just need to CYA. And so one of the reasons other than the money side of it is to cover their backside. Now, here's the question. Do you really think that a, a pet parent would, let's just say they decide not to vaccinate. Okay. And then their dog does contract parvo or distemper and it dies. Do you really think that a pet parent would come in and sue a veterinarian for that? I mean, how would they, I, I, I just don't even get that whole mindset, but that is, that seems to, the fear on the vet side um, and the fear on the pet parent side. So you've got two sides, right? Mm-hmm. That nobody's really looking, nobody's taking a stance, nobody wants to get out of the box. And so we just keep having this cancer rate go up and up and up, but you've got these two different 
uh, fears on both sides that are keeping this paradigm going. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean that, and, and fear of litigation is huge in, in medical professionals. I mean, that's like the biggest fear point for them. And that's how these pharmaceuticals are sold. Like, will you give this stuff and then your patients will be, you know, protected and then you can't be sued. I mean that they do use that as a selling point. And then, oh, by the way, this is how much money you can make selling this. So it's just a win-win. Your patients will be healthier and, and, you know, you're going to make more money and you don't have to worry about being sued. Well, okay. But they're not, their patients are not healthier. If you just open your eyes and look, but they, but there's like that nice comfort zone in there. Like they're doing what they're, but what everybody else is doing, you know, there's this thing in medicine called standard of care, where if, if everybody is in, or the, the industry sanctions a certain way of treatment and you do that, then you, you don't have to worry about, about, you know, being sued, just like in people with COVID, you know, there were hospital protocols and it didn't matter that they were killing people. That was the protocol. And as long as they followed the protocol, they were, practicing standard of care and they their licenses were not in jeopardy. If they didn't practice that standard of care and wanted to give something a little more outside the box, then they could get in trouble. And it it is that fear of litigation that keeps these keeps these recommendations going. But it vaccines are still the choice of the pet parent. There's no way a vet could get sued for not not recommending um, a vaccine and they could still recommend it, but did, like, did they have to mandate them? I mean, maybe they could say, okay, you know, here, you know, we've got these vaccines, we're offering these vaccines to you, you know, and, and make it about choice, not about mandating it. And there's just no way a vet could get sued for that. It's just, it's ridiculous, but that's, you know, that's what they tell people. Cause it's an, it's an easy narrative. Well, and, and yet the pharmaceutical companies have total immunity, right? So it, it it's it's crazy. So you've got the the actual manufacturers of a product who have total immunity, and yet those people that have total immunity are coming in and using the scare tactic on the vets, mm-hmm. so that they will sell more of their product. So it's 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 baffling to me. I mean, you know, Dr. Jasek, when something doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. And we should be asking, why doesn't this make sense? Make it make sense. Yeah, right? well, follow follow the money. When things don't make sense, that's what you do. Follow follow the money and ask who's making money off of this narrative. And I can guarantee you there's somebody making a lot of money, you know pushing something and it it doesn't have to make sense as long as it's it's making them money then they're they're going to keep pushing it. Yeah, it's it's really really crazy. I don't I mean we're we're making a a very small dent, right? A very small dent in the population of pet parents and dogs. Right? When you look around and I get this question all the time, who is a holistic vet that you can refer me to, right? It's not as if there are a ton of you out there. And mm-hmm. I don't know if, if that line of work is going to increase 
or if it's going to decrease. What are your thoughts? Oh, as far as the holistic, holistic part, I, I think it's going to increase. And I think it already is because I'm already been getting, you know, more inquiries from veterinarians just saying, I, I, I'm just done practicing this conventional way. I just can't do this. And I, I want, can, can you help me see my way through to getting out um, on my own? You know, I've recently <laughs> talked to a couple of vets just here in the Denver area that, um, you know, one just lost her job at, at um, she's up actually in the Boulder area. She lost her job um, at her clinic. And she said, I thought my that was very, or the owner of the clinic was very supportive of what I was doing. She says, but I just kept butting heads with the other vets because we practice so differently. And, you know, finally I just was let go. And she says, I'm sure that's why, but she says, I'm not going to stop practicing. This is the, this is the way I believe in practicing. So she wants to kind of get out on her own. So I do think that more are starting to see what's going on and just to see that current practices are not in the best interest of, of their pets. And the demand is definitely there. I mean, there's definitely people looking for this sort of care because the pet parents are seeing it. You know, a, a lot of them are saying, wait a minute, I give all these vaccines. I do all the stuff that my, my vet tells me. And then my pet dies of cancer. Like wh- what's up there? Like, some, you know, pretty much common sense. And so I, I do think it's it's beginning to shift. I think it's going to be a, a slow process, but um, I do think that some some vets are starting to wake up. And and a couple of vets that I've talked to are very new out of school too, just a couple of years out, and they just just are not buying into the whole um, conventional way of medicine. And the, and a lot of the, the ones that I talk to that are of that mindset have like kind of lived that lifestyle, grew up in families that had that lifestyle. And I think that really helps too, because I didn't, I mean, it took me longer to wake up to, okay, what's, what the industry is teaching us is not in the best interest of our pets. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't raised that way. It wasn't, you know, I was just raised conventional and you believed your doctor and you went to the doctor and did what your doctor told you. But I, I, I do think it's, I do think it's shifting. I think people are looking for something different and I'm just hoping that more and more vets start to wake up and see, look, this is a much better way to treat. Um, it's healthier for the pets. It's so much more rewarding because you're actually helping pets heal, not just keeping them sicker. So I, I hope that trend continues. Can you share with us kind of what, what the head bedding was about in, in that clinic? Do you know? Oh, well, I think a diet for one you know, like she'd make, you know, when you're in a multi-vet clinic, you know, client may not always, you may, they might need to come in. You might be working with the client. They need to come in on a day you're not there. And you've been saying, you know, feed, you know, recommending raw food. And then they see a vet that isn't on board with that. And then they say, oh no, you got to, you know, feed these prescription diets. It's really hard on clients because they get, they get very, very confused and also just different modalities, just, just feed, you know, um, this gal treated, um, uh, we did, did acupuncture and herbs and, and things like that. And if the other vets just aren't bored with, uh, aren't on board with that way of treating, then, you know, they're, they're, they're just going to keep making different recommendations to the clients. And it really, really gets challenging to work under those circumstances. 
Yeah, we we did a replay of Pauline, who was, you know, industry insider who kind of uh-huh. came out and talked. We did that again this week just to kind of, you know, give people another view as if, you know, our view's not enough. I mean, we do see thousands <laughs> of dogs, but again, you know, um, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, it, I think, again, pet parents are just going to have to address their fear, right? And address the fear about the almighty boogeyman out there. But the question that you really have to ask is, if traditional medicine works, why isn't it working? Right. If it works, why isn't it working? And we cannot, you cannot under any circumstances from human to pet say that cancer just happens. It doesn't just happen. The body is out of balance. How is the body out of balance? You know, and I go back to um, Dr. Cowan, who is, is very controversial. Um, you know, I was looking at William Faulkner must have listened to some of Cowan's uh, work on uh, there, there are no viruses because he doesn't agree with that at all. You know, he's like, there are viruses. The rabies is a virus and that's fine. They can disagree. I think that that's healthy and I think it opens up the conversation. But I go back to what Dr. Cowan said in one of his um, lives where people said, would you deworm your cat? Would you, what would you do if your cats that live in a barn and, you know, he's fallen in love with these cats and now they're coming in the house. But um, he said, if they got cancer, I'd be looking around. I'd be looking around at what is in their life. That's toxic. Mm -hmm. A barn. Is it in the water? Is it um, something that they're eating? Because he doesn't, you know, put anything in their bodies. And so that's something that we don't tend to do. We we don't tend to look at our lives and say, what might be causing this imbalance? And can I get my body back to homeostasis? Can you get your body back to balance if you're poisoning, if you're continuing to poison your dog's body or poison your body? That right there, Dr. Jasek, has never made sense to me. How do you get your body to become healthy with poison? Right. Doesn't work. That's why chemotherapy doesn't work. I mean, in short term, sure, you might have some short term effects on a cancer tumor. You know, like we were talking, I'm seeing a lot of lymphoma and, and People will start chemotherapy and yeah, those lymph nodes shrink just wonderfully 24, 48 hours, they'll be down. But then what happens when you stop that? Well, you've wiped out the immune system and you're literally poisoning the body in the process. So it's just a bandaid and then you're poisoning the body more and more and more. And, you know, you, and I've just, I've seen this scenario so many times I'll do a chemo, a chemotherapy protocol lymph nodes go down, dog looks great, you know, a few months later, oh, lymph nodes getting big again. Let's, let's repeat that. Oh, it's not working this time. Oh, let's try, you know, more chemo, different chemo. And then they keep trying. And then all of a sudden the dog's not responding to anything and, or is in like organ failure, liver, kidney failure from the drugs. Like that's, that's what the outcome. And it's just to your point, you, you can't keep poisoning the body. You know, you, you have to stop poisoning it if you're going to get it back to, um, to health. And I, 
you know, I, and I do ask those questions. A lot of my consults over a lot of the time in my consults is spent getting a history. I want to know what's been going on with this pet. You know, has it been vaccinated all along? What has it been eating? What other supplements is it getting? And, and I pick that stuff apart because I do think that there's always a combination of things in that pet's routine that led to the the cancer. And some pets I see have been on very clean, um, very good routines, like good quality, you know, raw diet, minimally vaccinated. Well, okay, well, where do you walk your dog? Are they walking through, you know, yards full of glyphosate, things like that, you know, and, and I, there's always something, there's some external toxin or something in that pet's routine that can, um, there that I could attribute the, the cancer to, or that I would say was toxic enough that could have contributed to the cancer. And it's probably multiple things, but there's always something. Right. Because it's like the body can't take the trash out anymore. Right. Right. You've overloaded those, those systems in the body. And I think just like vaccines, I think they just, they, they like break those processes. Like the, they, it, the body becomes so dysregulated, it can't do its job anymore. Not only is it overwhelmed, but it doesn't know what's, what's friend or foe or, or how to stay healthy. You've just disrupted all these normal systems in the body. So what is, what is a safe number of detox that pet parents can do with their dogs? Is there a limit to how many detox uh, you can do in a given year or six months? You know, I, for maintenance, I actually recommend do like, uh, at the end, this would be like an herbal detox, nothing like extreme, but doing like an herbal detox, like a week out of every month. I, I recommend that because our, our pets are exposed to toxins all the time. And it, so I think they do need something ongoing, but I don't think they need, they need it all the time. Now, if I see a pet that has elevated liver enzymes or something like that, might do it a little more consistently um, where until we start to see the liver enzymes come down, because clearly those pets need a little bit of additional help. But I think something on an ongoing basis is a good idea. That's awesome. So once a month, I, I didn't expect to be that frequent. So that's awesome. You could do that, but you've got to get your food right. You've got to get your water right. Make sure you're not using, you know, toxic chemicals on your floor where your dog's walking and then licking his paws or walking in these areas that have been sprayed. You know, the beautiful grounds, those more than likely guys have been sprayed. Um, and I know that everybody likes to run their dogs on the, the, uh, you know, nice green grass. Mm -hmm. But the question is what's on that green grass? Right. Run them, right. run them in the dandelions. Doesn't there no spray there. Look there for the, go. look for the dandelions and, you know, run your dogs on the edge of the park where it's not all pretty and green. Cause yeah, pretty green lawns, they don't grow naturally in Colorado because it's too dry. You know, if, if you have a, a perfectly manicured lawn or park it, that's full of chemicals. I can guarantee it. Oh yeah. We just got back from Santa Fe. And, um, you know, kind of the desert area up in Tucson and all of those areas. And so you don't find naturally uh, green areas there. 
you know, they're, they've been sprayed. So, and they're, they're applying different things to it. So take a look at that. Well, Dr. Jasek, um, listen, we want to wish you the um, safest and happiest travel period that you're, you're getting ready to go down to Tennessee, over to Tennessee. Where's that? Down to Tennessee. Down Down down. and over, over and down, down. over and down, over and down. Yes. But uh, that's not the end uh, of of this podcast because Dr. Jasek will continue to be on the podcast and she's going to be bringing in some other things for you guys as, um, as our life changes. And you're going to be able to give us even more information, more great information about how to keep our pets healthy, but you can still find her uh, at a h a vet.com, a h a vet.com. Give her some time, let her move in. Um, and they'll be getting back to you, all of her admin over there. But yeah, I mean, I know that we don't see each other all the time, but just leaving, I just knowing that you're gone makes me, makes me miss you. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to miss, we're going to miss you guys too, but you know, yeah, y'all can come visit us in Tennessee. Oh, there you go. Now you can. So last, (laughs) so last night we had dinner with a couple who um, are from Tennessee and, and I was listening to her talk. I said, where are you from? And she said, Tennessee. And I said, okay, well, uh, my very good friend, Dr. Jasek is moving uh, to Tennessee. And so uh, they're, they're now up here in Colorado. They're from Tennessee. So, you know, mm-hmm. everybody moves around, but, um, but that was, that was funny. So yeah, I expect your, um, your slang will, will change. Yeah. You're, you, you'll get that y'all you'll get that slang, you know, that'll be cute. We'll look forward to it. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to work a few y'alls into the into the podcast. Right, right. Instead of sphincter, it'll be y'all now. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody, get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see y'all soon. Bye-bye. Oh, snap, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.